0: Hi there, and welcome to this week's Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is our weekly podcast brought to you by the Fancy Football Scout Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back on the game week we've just played and assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. We'll also catch up on with a member of the Scout Network to find out what they've been up to, as well as gaining an insight into their FPL planning and content. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's scout the game week. This week, I'm joined by Pete, who's from FPL Side Net, joining me all the way from sunny australia and pete you've just been telling me it is indeed rather sunny in australia even though it is incredibly early in the morning your time
1: it is hello sam and hello listeners yes it is incredibly sunny we're in a a bit of a heat wave at the moment it's been about 30 degrees for the past week it's going to continue that way for a few more days so don't make don't mean to make all all the british listeners a bit jealous there but it doesn't get a bit much i was
0: moaning to just before we started recording about how awful the british (laughs) weather's been here um and it's it's pretty much rain non-stop so i can see Um, through the power of Zoom the nice window next to Pete which has beautiful sunshine pouring through it and it has made me incredibly jealous. Um, Okay before we get starting um, with Scouting the Game Week I thought it'd be nice to hear a little bit more about you um, and Dubs who's not with us tonight but you normally do um, FPL SideNet with your mate Dubs. Um, So whose idea was it to start uh, podcasting? Where did the idea for FPL SideNet come from?
1: Well, the idea, I think it originally came from Dub. So FPL Signet, um, even though we're new this season, we, we just started. We actually used to have a Premier League podcast back in, I think we started 2014. And that sort of lasted for about three, four years. And then um, as it happens, um, work, uh, kids came along, just <laughs> time became a bit more precious, but when we used to do that show, we always used to have a little FPL segment and we always used to love talking about it, it used to be the favourite part of the show. So we just thought if we ever were going to go back and do a new podcast, that we'd be a bit more FPL centric. And then with the lockdown, everyone starts talking on Zoom and, you know, we just thought, hey, why don't we actually just put something out if people want to listen to it that's great um and if they want to come along for the journey even better and let's try and wedge as many movie references in there as we can and have some fun
0: <laughs> yeah that's what it's all about isn't it i think there there has been an increased number of, of content creators this year i think like you say the lockdowns and, and being at home has made people kind of think you know why not let's let's give it a go and 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 that's really nice. It's nice to have a bit of diversity in the community and so many people doing slightly different things. And and I like the fact that you guys have your little references that you slip in there. It's something that's a bit, it's a bit different and it's unique to, to what you do. Um, tell us a bit about you and dubs. How long have you known each other?
1: <laughs> we've known each other. I, I was trying to work it out the other day. It'd be well over 20 years that we've been mates for. So <laughs> we we originally met working part-time, stacking shelves at a local supermarket. And uh, once I found out he was British, um, he was a mad Manchester United fan. His family are just tragic Man United fans. <laughs> uh, then we became teammates. We played football with each other for you know about the same amount of time. And let me just say, he, he's going to get really embarrassed when I say this, but if you talk to anyone who's played with doves, he's the best footballer you have ever seen. He is Mercurial with the ball at his feet. He's like he's like the Aussie Messi <laughs> of Sunday <laughs> League. <laughs> love so, that. Yeah, he, he's just yeah, and, and we've just been mates for a long time. We we get along great, we love movies. Um, Dave has an amazing theater room at his house, and that's back in the old days when we used to do the the sign netting podcast. We used to actually record in his little theatre room there so um, yeah he's, he's a great mate we get along great and um, strangely years ago before we we all had our our kids came along um, we actually managed the holiday at the same destination at the same time and even at the same hotel just by pure coincidence there was no chat <laughs> yet yeah, pure chance his wife organized a trip for him on his birthday and my wife and I we travelled away to you know the same destination just by pure luck and we just Into each other at the hotel lobby, and it was pretty bizarre. So, there's you know, we're we're pretty tight.
0: And I think that shows actually, Um, that's part of the reason I asked you that question, because when you listen to your podcasts, um, and I've done a podcast with both of you before over on your (laughs) channel, and and you can definitely tell that you two have been buddies for a long time. I think it comes across. And and for me, that's, that's one of the things that I really liked about your podcast when I started listening to them is that there's a, there's a real friendship there and a real kind of banter that goes on between you. And I, I think for me, anyway, they make best podcast you already told us that your podcast is relatively new and just started for this season so have you got grand plans for where it's going to go um, in terms of your social channels or the podcast itself? Anything that's in the pipeline for, for the end of the season or into next season? I
1: think the way this season's going with it, you know, the, the landscape of week to week just seems to change so quickly at the moment with the game weeks coming so mm. fast. Uh, I think we're probably just going to um, continue just sort of slowly building, doing doing the podcast, trying to put them out every week. Um, sometimes being in Australia, the, the difficulty is that um, some of the deadlines come around a bit too fast for us with the time difference. So we're yeah. not able to put out a second episode so um, but, you know sort of one once one game week ends and the next one starts we only have a small window so often we just tend to just ignore that and just sort of continue on a week by week basis but maybe heading into the future we have talked about moving into into youtube there's definitely going to be um, some more um animation some more graphics uh, but it's just I, I think that's probably going to be more implemented probably next season once we have a bit of break to work on that um, whereas this yeah. season we're just trying to get through week by week <laughs> <laughs> well, i
0: must say I, I can understand that because it's hard enough content creating in the uk with the deadlines that, at the times that they have been and that, that yeah. kind of leads me into the other question i was going to ask you which has been about your biggest learning point of the season now obviously i'm talking to you it, it's just past eight o'clock in the evening and um, in the mm-hmm. uk i've dragged you out of your bed very early to come and talk to me and um, so when we have a four thirty deadline in the afternoon that is the middle of the night really for, for you guys. Yeah. so what has been your biggest learning point of the season? How are you managing these deadlines? Um, and how, how is it impacting on your FPL season? Are you having a good one? Uh,
1: so far, the, my season, I'm, I'm currently sitting on a grey arrow around 350k at the moment. So um, probably overall my season, I was sitting at about 4.2 million after game week four. So it's been a, um, a, a pretty steady, yeah, steady climb. So I've been quite happy. But sort of once I've hit this this 350k mark, I've sort of had a f- couple red arrows, couple grey. It's just hard to sort of take that that next step, but mm. I mean, I've I mean, there's no difference with um, FPL deadlines for me because it's just what I'm used to. Uh, yeah. Here in Australia, we're used to these times, so it's n- no different really. Uh, the the only um, downside is yeah, when we when the game week start on a Friday night, like coming up for game week 25, that can be a bit, bit difficult because you sort of have to um, go to bed on a Friday night here, lock your team in, and then just hope that there's nothing bad that happens <laughs> in that. That small window where you can get some sleep.
0: Yeah, because actually, that you know, there have been some late uh, press conferences in terms of the the deadlines. Like some of the press conferences have happened relatively close to to deadlines this season. Um, and you know, in the UK, obviously, we generally get a bit of time to react, at least yeah. some time to react. But of course, when you are on the other side of the world, that must be must be a challenge. Okay, so now we know a bit more about you and um, and FPL side. Now let's get into scouting the game week. So Pete, we were recording this on Wednesday evening. Um, that means we are well we have just seen the end of the Burnley and Fulham game uh, that finished 1-0 we were both a little bit disappointed by that I think weren't we because we both <laughs> had hope between the sticks um, indeed we would have been better off to just go with Martinez in his single game week but we'll talk about that in a minute now we have one final game which has literally just kicked off as I am speaking to you so that's the Manchester City and Everton game now we've seen the team news Diaz has returned um, and John Stones takes his seat on the bench which will disappoint and annoy um, another number of FPL managers particularly in a game week where we've lost Gundogan and of course Dominic Calvert-Lewin so obviously this is something that we have to keep in mind I am going to be keeping an eye on the the score but the game will not have finished by the time we finish recording this podcast so it's something to just keep in mind as we talk about game week 25 later because clearly things can change in a heartbeat in these matches but let's talk about game week 24 so far anyway which players have impressed you this week Um, I think you know I've already mentioned a couple maybe in that little bit of spiel leading into it, but give us a couple of players um, that you think have impressed you this week.
1: Well, I think... You can't talk about game week 24 without talking about the man, the Gundalorian, um, (laughs) I mean, 19 points, which is most, well, it is, it's actually just going to be one single game for him in the double game week. His improvement this season, well, really, since the turn of the year has just been incredible. I don't think we've seen an improvement in a player like this, such a, you know, a a rise in standards and goals and just sort of a, a player just going from a really good footballer to then transitioning Into a really good FPL asset. There's a big difference in that. There's There's a lot of good footballers out there, but sometimes they're not the best for FPL and um, Ilkay has always been one of those players he's always looked great He's technically he's brilliant he does get the odd goal here and there mm. usually tends to get them in Europe I find but this season since Pep started playing him as a number eight and it first popped up on my radar when City went to Chelsea and were really good there and they talked after that game that Gundogan's now going to be playing as a number eight going to be pushing a bit more forward and since then he's just gone from strength to strength and you know if his returns are equal of a 12 million player At the moment Not someone who's Half five
0: Yeah it's amazing Really isn't it Because I, I think for me He's somebody that Yeah like you say You always watch him And think you're a really Talented footballer But he's never one That's entered The FPL conversation At all in seasons gone by You know generally you Might get five Six returns Over the course of the season yeah. But he's on for You know being up there With the 20, 20 goal season If he continues In the way that he is Right now um, He seems to for me Have stepped up Since David Silver left Manchester City and he's taken that role and made it his own and, and actually when you watch Man City without him now they don't look quite the same and 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 I think he is he was so impressive so impressive um, against Spurs on, on Saturday and that's coming from me I'm a Spurs fan um, <laughs> he was massively impressive um, and I was disappointed he was my captain I'm, di- I'm disappointed to see him miss out on the second game but the comments from Pep suggest that actually he will be fine for game week 25 yeah. this is just precautionary there isn't really any need to risk Gundogan um, in, in this game against Everton this evening they have plenty of others um, and we've got some key players back on the bench as well from Man City this evening which we can talk about when we talk about game week 25 so I think, you know, as a Gundogan owner, I'm delighted, obviously, uh, with the points that he's provided. But I don't think we need to be too worried about him moving forward into into game week 25 and beyond. I think we're we're likely to see him back. Uh, While we're talking about injuries, of course, Antonio uh, missed the West Ham game on Monday evening. Now, again, David Moyes is slightly more vague than Pep about um, the potential return for Antonio. He was flagged as uh, fatigue, but he does seem to be a little bit more than that. Um, He was saying he's hopeful that he might be available for game week 25. Are you an Antonio owner or did you have him going into this week?
1: I was an Antonio owner. So I've had him since double game week 19 where he he delivered great there. Um, Kept him in my side with that Sheffield United game because, yeah, it was very grey, the comments heading into into this game week that, you know, he may be right. We're just giving him some time. He's on the training pitch. And then, unfortunately, when I didn't see his name name on the team sheet, there was a little bit disappointing. That, That really hurt my rank this week, not having anywhere Ham assets because he was the only one, unfortunately yeah. for me. But um and still the comments leading up to, to their game on Sunday are still very vague as well. There's there's no definite yes or no, it's no. a maybe, let's wait and see, which you know it's a hard for Antonio owners.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like you, I own Antonio. I played him this week, um, in the hope that he would play against. Sheffield United. I did ponder on taking him out, but it's very hard to take out a player ahead of a game against Sheffield United. So I held him, um, thinking, oh, it'll be okay, because if he doesn't play, then Dominic Calvert Lewin can come off my bench, um, obviously for the second part of this double game week. But of course, that didn't manifest itself either. So I have the delightful <laughs> um situation where Stuart Dallas is going to appear on my pitch with minus one. Um, so Antonio is in my bad books, as is um uh, David Moyes, because I, I kind of I'm still not sure really what I'm gonna do about Antonio. maybe we can we can hit on him later and in terms of transfers and whether he's somebody that's on our, our hit list but anyone else that impressed you in game week 24 so far
1: yeah I mean you mentioned him at the top of the show Emmy Martinez that mm. goalkeeping display the other day against Brighton was just superb probably you'd have to say that Emmy Martinez this season should probably be player of the season for his mm. impact at Villa and what he's done for that side we've seen that you know teams great teams are built on defenses and what he's added to Aston Villa this season he, he's made them so Sturdy. There's been many times where Villa probably haven't deserved to get a point or a win, no, and he's right. he's kept them in those games. The amount of points he's just won solely himself is pretty amazing. And even after that performance, he was so disappointed after that game. You heard his comments and the comments from Dean Smith that they weren't happy with that performance. They very disappointed. No. They're, they're targeting European football for next season, and, and they saw that as, a, as an opportunity to, to make some more ground on that quest. And, um, yeah, he, he's, I mean, I've got him sitting on the bench. As well, unfortunately oh. <laughs>
0: so,
1: I mean, watching I mean, I was so happy watching him play The other day, because how often do you see a goalkeeper making nine saves in a game No,
0: I mean, it never happens, does it? It's interesting, because I, I did the FPL Show last week and um, with Az Who is a massive Brighton fan And we, we sat in the, the green room And I said to him, I think this game has got nil nil written All over it, because <laughs> the Brighton defence Are rock, rock solid right now um, And Emi Martinez is in the form Of his life, I can't believe Um, The transformation in him He was good When he played At the back end Of last season For for Arsenal um, And was unlucky I thought To lose his place again To Leno When Leno returned But it's almost like Martinez has gone Hang on a minute You've left me on the bench All these years Here's what (laughs) I can do Um, He's making up The lost time Oh 100% And he's so impressive I mean in that game on, On the weekend Brighton had 26 shots Um, and like you mentioned already he made nine saves outscored um, anybody that we've seen in a very very long time in goal I think it was De Gea that was the last player to score um, last goalkeeper to score anything like that um, in a single game week he is just the man of the moment right now but their fixtures actually aren't hugely great moving forward um, Aston Villa because so Martinez is is probably my biggest regret if I'm honest of the last goodness 20 weeks probably Um, (laughs) i I took maybe not quite that long, but when I played my first wild card, I bought in Martinez and I had him alongside um, McCarthy. And, yeah. you know, it, for a couple of weeks, they were both there. And then I needed some money. And I can't can't remember what I was going to do, bringing KDB, I think. And so it came back down to a straight choice between, well, do I keep Martinez or or do I keep McCarthy? And at that point, Southampton were playing incredibly well as well. He was keeping a number of clean sheets, but he was also slightly cheaper. So I thought, well, i get more money back if I sell Martinez, which is what I did and at the time I didn't really regret it and it took a few weeks to regret it but actually at this point (laughs) of the season it's almost been one of those predicaments where every week I look at my FPL team and I go I really should just bring in Martinez shouldn't I but there's always something else to do and making a goalkeeper change just doesn't feel compelling when I've got playing I've got two playing keepers at the moment in McCarthy and, and Nick Pope so I'm always kind of looking at it thinking do I really need to make that change right now like can I leave it and then I look at the Aston villa um fixtures um and they're not exactly the easiest um, over the next few weeks um, and that does In in some ways It does kind of Make me question You know Should I bring him in Or is there somebody else That I should target instead Because they, So this weekend um, They have Leicester Then they have Leeds Who we know what they can be like When it comes to scoring yep. goals After that They have Wolves Then a nice fixture Against Newcastle um, And followed by Fulham Then it's Liverpool Man City So they're mixed Aren't they It's a mixed yeah. bag But equally With his form Is it just one of those things Do you think Should we all just get on the martinez bam we're going to be done with it because of course couple into this that there's going to be some double game weeks coming for them too
1: yeah well i think currently as it stands he's sort of sitting at around the 35 percent ownership mark and i think with villa's sort of double quadruple um bazillion games that they've got coming up soon (laughs) his ownership's only going to go up because managers are going to be going yep I'll, i'll get him in he's going to play two games every week for the next six weeks um so I think he is almost you don't worry about Martinez when it comes to the opposition. He, because you're going to bank the two points that he's going to play most likely if, if it's a, even in losses this season, he still managed to pick up bonus points and save points. So sometimes you're looking at almost a minimum of three, four points from Martinez anyway. And then if they keep a clean sheet, usually those bonus points bumps up to, to two or even three. So, I mean, barring injury, I, I, Really can't see him coming out of my side anytime no, soon. But I like like, like gonna... you mentioned before, I was gonna say um earlier on in the season, I did a, a, a rookie error. I made the, the early wild card after game week two or three. Um sat down, got out my pen and paper, looked at Matt Ryan for Brighton. Emmy Martinez for Aston. I wrote down all the fixtures, looked at which ones, and I thought, oh, Matt Ryan looks looks like a really good option there. And I made the same mistake last season. I thought I'll get get Matt Ryan in and then had to, you know, forcefully move him out of my side. So made the same mistake twice. But since I've got Martinez, it's just I wish I did it earlier, even just to take yeah. the hit to get him in because it's yeah. just worth it.
0: And I think that's the that's the, the the realization that I'm starting to come to is that actually sometimes goalkeeper transfers are just worth it. Because when the yeah. goalkeeper is on the form that he is in, I know that for for most of us FPR managers, making a goalkeeper transfer feels very boring and it feels very kind of like, oh. I don't want to waste a transfer changing my goalkeeper. But then equally, when the goalkeeper is returning, I mean, when was the last time Martinez just returned six? Like, it just doesn't happen. There's save points, yeah. there's bonus points, there's clean sheets, there's penalty saves in there over the course of the season. So for me, it, it's getting to that stage with Martinez where it's kind of like, OK, it's worth spending one of my transfers just to have him. Plus, there's a lot of rhetoric around at the moment. And of course, it's all conjuncture until we get some official news from the Premier League, which hopefully won't be too much longer, um, about the double game weeks and where they might end up it is possible depending upon what happens with Spurs in the FA in the Europa League that the Aston Villa and Spurs game might get rearranged into game week 29 which if that happens then suddenly they Martinez is an absolutely essential pick in my mind
1: yeah exactly yeah we're, we're sort of guessing with the fixtures at the moment we've, we are, we've yeah. all seen the same spreadsheet at the moment but until <laughs> anything's in concrete it's just it's very risky to make any any moves there. But I think even making the move for Martinez, if if you were even slightly thinking about it. I think you just have to do it. Like, like you said, goalkeeper transfers are so boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look back on your season and you'd look back on, on your team every game week and you go, why didn't I just do that earlier? Yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> it's absolutely. just less of a headache. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, it's it's one of those, isn't it, where I think, you know, even if that's that Aston Villa and Spurs game gets put somewhere else and Aston Villa don't play in game week 29, which is where we are at the moment, they haven't got a game. Mm-hmm. They will still have double game weeks and only yeah. Martinez for what is likely to be three. Probably double game weeks. I mean, if he's can return 12 points in a single game week, what on earth is he going to return in a double game week? So I think for me, it's going to be one of those where I just have to kind of park my reluctance to make a goalkeeper change um and just do it because you know McCarthy, well, McCarthy hasn't exactly been on on fine fettle recently. So I'm, you know, I'm not wed to keeping him. The only Obviously, the challenge I have this week is that he has a double game week, which we can talk about <laughs> shortly um, as to whether that's worth it. But we touched on Brighton a minute ago, and they're a team that I want to talk about for Game Week 24 because they hugely impressed me in Game Week 24. Yeah. In fact, they've been hugely impressing me for the last five or six game weeks now. They've played um, incredibly well. There's been a real change around in them. Um, and Sanchez has finally had a price rise. So he is no longer... <laughs> on his own, the cheapest goalkeeper pick um, because he's now back up at, at 4.5 million. Um, but for me, he's another goalkeeper that I think is worth is worth the money because, you know, he was incredible um, whenever he was called upon, which wasn't actually very often in the game against Aston Villa at the weekend, but whenever he was needed, he was there. He was firmly mm. in charge. The back line in front of him, um, particularly Lewis Dunk, have been in great form of late. And, and Lewis Dunk's returns in the last few weeks have been obscene. Um, I think he's, he's returned something like 43 points over the last six game weeks which is incredible um the change around in them so far in the last few weeks and then you look ahead to their fixtures they've got crystal palace this weekend still without zahar in all likelihood they can't score without him so that looks like being another clean sheet followed by a game against west brom then there's leicester who let's see how leicester are going i think without um james justin because they weren't quite the same defensively no, they 24 without no. him um then they have um Another nice fixture if Southampton Continues to be on poor form against them And then Newcastle, so these Brighton fixtures look prime And then you watch them play in game e 24 And they were fantastic against an Aston But aside that, yes, they didn't, they weren't on the best Form, apart from Martinez um, But they're still a, a team in form um, And I was really impressed by Brighton, anyone there That you kind of think, yeah, he's he's One that I've, I think I need to bring in
1: Yeah, you touched on Dunk there, He's he's Been amazing, and, and the Brighton, this Brighton run Sort of, I think it, it snuck up on me a little bit it took me a few weeks to sort of clue onto it because I think we're just used to Brighton you know conceded they're in a really bad run of form but since Potter's sort of stopped rotating the side as much they're more settled and I I think yeah you touched on on Sanchez there um, since he sort of took Matt Ryan's place he's really made it his own and uh, I mean even earlier in the season in that in that cameo the first time he, he played I think it was against Spurs really it was yeah, early it was. on in the season and he looked great I mean he, he lost his, his spot straight away back to, to Matt Ryan but eventually made it back but yeah 4.5 million and if you're not a Martinez owner who you know you're sort of banking on that that game week 29 Place as well in the in the future. Brighton playing game week twenty nine. Exactly. Um, it, he's a really good option there, and yeah, defensively they they look really sound. Um, you know, even Ben White. If you can't, you know, maybe stretch your budget out to the four point nine million for Lewis Dunk, Even Ben White, he's only four point four million, only you know one point eight percent ownership. Um, but I mean, even even Lewis Stunk is is quite relatively unowned. He's only at four point three percent. I I sort of think that ownership scale is going to grow over the next few weeks as Brighton continue to improve but you know five clean sheets in their last six games unbeaten in all six they they looked really good but I mean sort of from an attacking point of view it's it's a really hard to pinpoint an exact Brighton player because, yeah. you know, one week Trossard might, might pop up with the goal, but then he might go quiet for three or four. And then, you know, more pie is more pie. <laughs> he, <laughs> it's really hard to sort of, you, you almost need to commit to, to more pie for about five game weeks to, to get a decent return. Um, A player that's caught my eye even though he hasn't got an attacking return, is Alexis McAllister, the the yeah. half Scottish Argentinian player. Um, more so that the fact that his name is Alexis McAllister. <laughs> and it, quite funnily, he's got two brothers, um, which is, you know, their names are Francis and Kevin. Kevin yeah. McAllister from the Home Alone movies. But I don't know how you have Francis, Kevin, and Alexis. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's quite an odd
0: one it's really interesting though isn't it because like you say with these Brighton you know you I spent a lot of time looking at Brighton because they've really impressed me like I say over the last few weeks um so Lewis Duncan and Sanchez we've touched on their points returns have been fantastic and then you kind of look and I think well I'm likely to go with Martinez most managers are going to go with Martinez so unfortunately for Sanchez that's probably going to mean his ownership stays relatively low unless you want to go for doubled up um, and have um, Martinez and Sanchez, because you've still got a bench boost chip or, or what have you, then maybe there's potential there. Lewis Dunk, I think, offers you potential in his own right, um, particularly because of how poor Crystal Palace have been since Sahara got injured. But you, you then start to look at the Bryson team and you think, OK, well, what, what were they like in 24 going forward? So when you look at the, the underlying stats for Game Week 24, Adam Lallana was joint top across the Game Week um, after Sunday's fixtures for chances created. Only Luke Shaw matched him on that. Uh, Gross and Veltman were in the top five for crosses in game week 24, Gross registered 12 and Veltman 6, they were second and fourth in that um, table. Five Brighton players were in the top 10 for XG underachievers in game week 24 which is the one for me that's big because you know that if they're getting into all the right places, that at some stage, that underachiever stat is going to change around and they're going to be in the top for achievers. Um, only Roberto Firmino from Liverpool was able to beat Danny Welbeck in that category, um, including them. McAllister, as you've already mentioned, Trossard was in there too, so it was more play, and even Dan Byrne um, was in there. They were all doing the right things in that game against Aston Villa. It's just that Martinez the is goal. also <laughs> having the time of his life. Um, so I think for me that they are... Uh, they are ones that I am kind of keeping an eye on. And, and what I like about them is that they are all huge differentials. None of them are yeah. heavily owned. Um, none of them are, um, are are players that you need to bounce onto straight away. But equally, the next five game weeks look really nice for Brighton. Um, and so if you do decide that actually going with a Brighton, player is a nice differential and at this point in the season you're going to need some differentials if you want to climb um because yeah. actually there is we're getting to the stage where you know everyone owns check because or everyone in the FPL community anyway owns <laughs> the legend that is Thomas Zuček. most people are now on Gundogan because he's also in that cheaper man city option bracket most people have got the city defense covered you've already mentioned 30 odd percent of the game have moved to Martinez so far that will only continue to rise Ollie Watkins is on the rise Think he's near on 20 percent so all 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 of those slightly differential players that you might have bought in earlier on, no longer differentials. So now you've got to look elsewhere for your differentials, even the likes of Patrick Bamford, still owned by like 57% of the game or something ridiculous. So we are looking for differentials. And and for me, Brighton are the standout team right now for players that offer you cheap, cheap options, Um, particularly Danny Welbeck. I think at 5.5 million, he could be a really, really nice differential particularly over this next run of fixtures. And it gets us into game week 29, which is really important. Not only does it get us into game week 29, but it gets us in with a nice fixture too, uh, because Brighton are going to play Newcastle in game week 29. Now it's going to be a Newcastle side still without Callum Wilson. So in terms of defence, that should be better for them, but also it means that Newcastle play differently without Callum Wilson yeah. on the pitch. So it should it should be better for the, the an attack as well. So they really did impress me in game week twenty four, and I, and I think moving forward they will continue to do so. Um, anybody else that impressed you throughout game week twenty four before we move into talking about game week twenty five?
1: Well, as a, a huge Chelsea fan, I was so relieved to see Timo Werner finally put the ball in the back of the net on on his I think it was a hundred days, since his last goal, so... (laughs) I was dancing around the kitchen and watch, watching that on, on the tablet when he put that <laughs> ball in. So such a relief. It's a relief I, um, for
0: him, wasn't it, more than anything? Oh,
1: I, you saw the look on his face. He, you know, he was just relieved. He was looking at the linesman and, and then they were sort of going to check Praying. the goal. And yeah, I think he was sort of like holding the rosary beads behind his hand, <laughs> sort of hoping it would come through. But, I mean, I, I felt like I cursed him because um, uh, being an FPL fan and a Premier League fan, I'm also, you know, just a massive football addict. Um, I've got I think about 70 football kits in my cupboard here <laughs> and I ordered a Timo Werner one just um, towards the end of last year I thought oh he's doing really good I really love Timo I think the the minute I pressed the purchase um order for you that shirt he has, I cursed him and I've got a cupboard full of shirts like that I've got you know Murata Shevchenko all all oh, the greats no. <laughs> of um the Chelsea's forwards ghost past but uh, yeah, yes seeing Timo Werner score I was just so relieved for him and you saw the team that was just absolutely buzzing for him because because yeah. the goal, the performances have have improved since Thomas yeah. Tuchel's come. Uh, at, and he's been he's been getting involved with the assists. He's playing closer to goal. He seems to have a bit more direction. And, yeah, I, I think he just needed that goal. It didn't matter how it went in. It could have come off his backside for, for all he cared. He just needed to put that ball yeah. in the net.
0: So, now, what do you think it means for Werner going forward? Because, obviously, as a Chelsea fan, um, it, it's always useful to talk to somebody who, who is a fan of the club, I guess. Do we think that that makes... Is Vernon now an FPL option? Like, Is he somebody that now he's broken that duct that will continue to go on and do it? Because, you know, uh, there are so many injuries right now in FPL. Now we're seeing Kevin De Bruyne starting to make his returns. So that's one less. Harry Kane's obviously back now. Vardy is back, but hasn't really done much yet, apart from, of course, the, the late goals that he got against Liverpool. But, you know, he's still, I think, in a bit of recovery from the surgery that he had. So there is space in our team for another premium attacker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been a potential. There's definitely a potential there. I mean, the the only issue is with Timo Werner is he sits at that price range of, you know, he's a bit cheaper than Harry Kane and Jamie Vardy. But I mean, a lot of teams only have options for for one, maybe max two um, premium priced forwards and, you, know, you have to argue that based off, you know, returns alone, he he's not actually worth it, but definitely one to keep an eye on because uh, he's definitely going to get more game time. This, he has gone on goal scoring runs earlier on in the season. He, he sort of went on a bit of a, a goal scoring run there and, history books show that he's you know an absolute world-class striker so it was bound to to happen anyway mm. but um yeah he's only sitting at around the 11 11 ownership mark there i don't expect that to go up too much but i mean if he's going to be cemented in that side and at least ticking over with attacking returns could be, you know, a real differential there. But yeah. I think if you had to make the choice now, if, if I've got the cash, am I going Harry Kane, who's got a lot of double game weeks coming up, and it's Harry Kane or Timo Werner? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. I'm definitely going Harry Kane. Yeah, even yeah. with my Chelsea goggles on.
0: Well, even with my Spurs ones on, I, I would agree with you. Um, I couldn't just, come on
1: here and not talk up Harry Kane. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know how to make my heart skip a beat that's a joke. Um, alright let's before we go into talking about game week 25 just a quick score update it is still 0-0 um, in the game between Everton and Manchester City but Everton have lost Mina through injury so Coleman has come on so that will be disappointing for them That's another injury for them which isn't ideal um, and Pickford's made a couple of saves so it does seem like it is as much as it can be a, a Manchester City attack 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 which yeah I think is kind of where we were all expecting alright then so game week 25 normally I start by saying take a pick of the teams that you think are gonna do really well in this game week but we are into yet another double game week this weekend so I think it's only right that we start by talking about um, our two Double Game Week teams um, and their best picks from them. Now, one of them, I think, will be quite easy to make picks from, and the other one might be a bit of a challenge. So let's start with the easy one, and let's talk about Leeds for now. Who are your picks from Leeds? Um, Are you just going to go with the obvious? Is it just Bamford and Dallas? Or actually, is it Bamford, Dallas, and somebody else.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think looking at these two sides Leeds in particular, you're really just looking at the core group of, you know, four players really. That that should that should only be these four players in your calculations. I mean, 53% of the game already has Patrick Bamford. So, mm. he's even be, going be very he's going to be very highly captain this this game week. I mean, Rafinha's really impressed and he's he's really been ticking over recently, six attacking returns in his last five games. So, two goals four assists. Um, for a player priced at 5.3 million with two really good um fixtures coming up in this game week that yeah. I think he's gonna be very popular too. But um, you know, Jack Harrison as well, while he he probably isn't as eye-catching as Rafinha, does. Seem to get a lot of goals as well, and, and of late, I think three in, in in the last few games. So he's got six goals as well this season. And um, whenever I watch Leeds, I, I always tend to get drawn to to Harrison. Maybe it's just because he's got the man bun, and half that Leeds team have <laughs> have man bun. So I keep thinking it's Jack Harrison all the time. But I mean, he loves having a shot. As soon as yeah. he gets an iron goal, he loves having a shot there. And I think if managers are going to be choosing between Rafinha and Harrison, it's probably they're probably more going to lean towards Rafinha. But Harrison could almost end up being, a, a you know, a bit of a quote-unquote differential for this game yeah. week if you're looking at the two there. Because now, over the two games, you can see both Rafinha and Harrison scoring. I think it's just going to be a question of who's involved more. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I'm putting my FPL hat on, I think Rafinha is probably the one I'm going to go with. So my my plans for game week 25 at this stage is to wildcard, but I haven't done anything yet. I've sort of made a few drafts, still not doing anything until the fixtures are in concrete because it seems a a bit of a waste to do that. But I will definitely be upping my, my leads ownership from Patrick Bamford to you know, probably Rafinha and Stuart Dallas as well, because even though we can't bank on Leeds getting a clean sheet, he's going to be playing in that midfield. And and if Calvin Phillips is back, that's even better because that's yes. just, just going to allow him to push up the pitch further. And you're not really getting Dallas for any clean sheets, <laughs> even though he's listed as the defender. If he does, that's amazing. That's, you know, it's an extra few points there that you probably yeah. weren't, weren't counting on. You're getting it for his attacking returns.
0: I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I so I own two. I own Dallas and mm. I own Bamford. Um, and I'm very, very happy to own both of those guys, even with Dallas' minus one for this weekend. Um, I still think he's a great option because, like you say, you don't have him for um, his clean sheets abilities. You have him for the goals, the assists that come from having him. He's really exciting to watch. Now, yeah, I'm not planning to wildcard until after game week 29 because I have the feeling that, Well, depending upon what happens with game week 29, if if there is a random Spurs-Aston Villa game that goes into game week 29, then actually I can wild card at any point. But if that game doesn't end up in there, I've got very few players that are going to play that week. So I'm going to need to manoeuvre my team um, to cover myself for that. And that will probably mean I want the wild card on the back to come out of that situation. But I'm also looking at my team thinking Leeds double in game week 25, very happy to have both of them, but they also play in game week 29. Now, what's then unlikely exactly. to have other game double game weeks in this period of time? Does that matter? You know, they've got some interesting fixtures in there. Obviously, in game week 26 they're going to come up against Martinez, so that's going to be more difficult in terms of goals. But after that, they've got um, West Ham, they've got Chelsea, and then Fulham in, in 29. So, it's going to kind of depend, I think, on managers' chip strategies as to what they do with leads and how many that they have. Now, before before we go on to talk about Southampton I just have to give you a score update Manchester City have scored um, it is Ooh. Phil Foden with the goal for them and um, so, Phil, Phil Foden with the goal um, for Man City making it one 0 I am just going to tell you who got the assist, um, but I think um, it sounds like from what I'm I'm reading, it has been coming. It's um it's very much Manchester City's Manchester City's game by the by the sound of it. So, uh, no real surprise to see them on the score sheet then. Um, okay, so let's have a chat then about Southampton. There isn't yep. an assist at the moment, so as soon as the assist comes through, I will. I'll let you know Who it was um, Much more difficult With Southampton yeah. Um, yeah I have two Southampton players The only reason I have two Southampton players Is because Two weeks ago As I was about To sell them both The double game Week got announced And I thought Oh right then Better keep them both So I kept McCarthy um, at that point when he was going to be Martinez. So again, that, that's a decision that I have to live with myself for a while. Um, but I also kept Carl Walker-Peters and I was thinking, oh, Carl Walker-Peters, when he makes his return this is going to be good because that will improve um, McCarthy. It will improve the defence. They're starting to get their players back from injuries, suspensions, all of that malarkey. Um, and then he goes and gets injured again in game 24. <laughs> and it's like, wow, okay, well now I have to ta- transfer you out because you're probably not going to start. Well, I'll obviously wait for the press conferences. Um, but I've kind of been bitten by managers, David Moyes, Carlo Encelotti, um, suggesting that their players probably, hopefully will be okay and they're not. Um, So he's one that potentially might go But is there anyone at Southampton Is Danny Ings worth a punt for this double game week Given that it's not exactly the easiest double game week ever Because it's Chelsea Who we've already mentioned Have been really solid at the back since Tuchel arrived um, And it's Leeds Who, you know, attack with gusto So are clean sheets likely in those games? I'm not convinced that they are Are attacking returns likely? Well, I'm not convinced they are against Chelsea, but they are no. probably against Leeds because Leeds do have the tendency to concede because um, yep. they like to attack.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, Danny Ings, we're, we're really, even though they've got the double game week, I think we really just have to focus on the one game against Leeds. The the form that Southampton's had recently, I don't think we can expect much against um, Chelsea there, especially yeah. if um, it looks like um, Mundy's going to be backing goals instead of Kepa. Um, Kepper was very generous with his goalkeeping the last time they played. <laughs> um, but look, I think if you're taking a punt and if you're sort of, if you're using a free hit, definitely go for, for Danny Ings this game week because like you mentioned, Leeds are going to give them so many opportunities to score. And Danny yeah. Ings, he's that type of player. He's just absolute class he only needs half a chance to put the ball in there and you saw that against the Wolves the other day yeah um yeah. that that um that sort of cross that came in from Armstrong that was a really difficult cross to, to connect to he was in traffic that was sort of at a, at a weird height where you don't you don't hit it with your foot yeah. you don't hit it with your head what do you do and he just <laughs> with ease he just put the ball in there and that's Danny Ings in a nutshell, he can he can do anything when he's on song. And once Southampton get going, I think he's going to be a really good asset to have. He's only sitting at around 11% at the moment. But look, this the Southampton Leeds game, you could throw up any score and I could say, yep, yeah, I can see that game finishing like that. It could be 1-0, Southampton it could be for all for all we know it's it's it could be that type of game with the the way that both teams have been defending recently but I think Danny Ings is is a very viable option for that Leeds yeah. game but um look uh, other options you know you've got Stuart Armstrong who you know did provide the assist for Danny Ings the other day looks really yeah. good just probably doesn't get the the returns that you're looking for from um a player there um can I just chime in that Richarlison has I had a goal scored.
0: I was, <laughs> waiting, I was waiting for you to take a little <laughs> breath in your in your chat then before saying that is the Manchester City clean sheet gone uh, for Richarlison. Wowzers! Um, yeah, I'm not her thrilled about that. I was hoping that no. Diaz, as I said to you before we came on, I was like, right, I need a ten pointer from Diaz tonight to hit hundred club. Doesn't look like
1: that's going to happen. He's going to have to get nah, a couple of goals now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But uh, back to South Africa. Yeah, look, um, James Ward-Prowse, he, he was very popular earlier on in the season. Mm. But you're really just banking on James Ward-Prowse for his set-piece ability. But, I mean, that's all he's offered anyway. And yeah. he's he's got five goals this season. Vestergaard's back. So we know that Vestergaard's an absolute beast in the box when it comes to set-pieces. And um, no surprise there. I think I, I saw James Ward-Prowse has taken over 90 corner kicks this season, <laughs> so there's definitely going to be some some options there for him there. And I think I, I saw the the stat that um, that Southampton, I think they're equal second for for set piece um, danger uh, as far as getting attacking returns, and Leeds are sort of ranked one of the worst at set pieces. So. <laughs> If you're really feeling like an absolute wild punt, James Ward-Prowse could, could easily pick up some attacking returns there just from set pieces alone. But, um, yeah, Minamino, since he's he's come into that Southampton fold, has looked good but sort of got pulled after about 60 minutes against Wolves the other day. Um, some, some potential there for him, but, I mean... Yeah, we probably haven't seen enough from him yet to, to really go. I think as far as Southampton goes, it's it's Danny Ings or Bust for me, especially yeah. without Kyle Walker-Peters there. If Kyle Walker-Peters was playing, I'd be definitely keen, yeah. especially with potential of a lot of double game weeks. But yeah. seeing as and he's injured now.
0: That's the difficulty for me is that, you know, I've got, I own Carl Walker Peters. He's um, unlikely, I think. I'm going to wait for the press conferences to just be doubly sure because there's a potential for a lot of double game weeks. Plus, the fixtures are nice. You know, after this double game week that they have in 20. Five in twenty-six. They've got Everton, who you know, they clearly turned up tonight. It was a Digne assist, by the way, for the Richarlison goal. So ah, okay. Digne delighted. Um, and then <laughs> after that, they have Sheffield United, who you know, there's one of the easiest games of the season, right there. Um, then they have Brighton, who we've talked about a lot, and they have really impressed me, but they haven't scored a lot of goals going forward. So you know, is yeah. there scope that that one ends up nil-nil? And then they play, um, well, then they don't play in game week twenty-nine because obviously they are. Um, they are still in the FA Cup, so they will be off on FA Cup duty um, that weekend. So the fixtures are nice. There's potential for a lot of double game week. So I, I don't think... I think the problem is, is it's hard. It's hard to pick the Southampton player. If you're going to pick Danny Ings, that means probably losing one of your big hitters up top. It probably means you don't have Harry Kane, for example, and Spurs are going to have doubles coming up. It probably means you don't have Vardy. Um, it might mean that you have... One less heavy hitter in the midfield because you've got to upgrade somebody like, you know, Watkins or um, Antonio maybe. Now upgrading Antonio might not feel like such a bad thing given that he is a doubt, um, but it's whether you've got the money in the bank to do that. So I think it's it's tough. I think that's the thing with Southampton is they're not exactly cheap. Danny and yeah. cheap. You can invest cheaply in the defense, but do you want to if they're not all there? When they're all there, they're a solid defensive unit. When they're not, they're a very, very different beast. Um, and then the guys in the middle, they sort of sit in that no man's land price bracket. Where yeah, you've either got to take down somebody from one of your premium options, or you've got to try and find some money to take up your sheep options. So they're just difficult picks but I do think if you can find a way to bring them into your team and you've got nothing else to do in terms of injury concerns or problems they could be good picks for a few weeks yet because like you say the potential for extra doubles over this next few weeks is definitely there with Southampton do you think it's
1: worth uh, sorry I was going to say especially the way that the template is at the moment with that that midfield five you sort of really only have one one of those players to move out in your midfield five and and if you're looking at the double game, week, you're probably more leaning towards a raffinia over someone like Stuart Armstrong because yeah. the the Leeds games look much more appealing and the form guide as well is much more appealing. So yeah, I, I, yeah as far as Southampton goes, yeah, it could just be Danny Ings maybe just for a, you know a one week punt. If you can team him up with a Harry Kane, that'd be great. But if if your budget's a bit tight, maybe just having him for the one week, moving him on for Kane. But that said, Kane does have West Ham this week and he loves playing West Ham. He
0: uh, does. Uh, this is <laughs> Marino's first, first game in charge last season was um, a trip um, to the London Stadium where Kane, if I remember correctly, played incredibly well. Um, yeah. I think it's difficult. And, and the question I was going to ask you before is, is it worth taking a hit? There'll be a lot of managers out there looking at their team for game week 25, probably with Bamford potentially with Dallas as well, or Rafina as well. So they might be going into this week's double with one or two double game week players. Is it worth taking a hit for Leeds, for Southampton? Or do we think actually that, you know, because it is a a small double game week, and because at the moment as we're recording this, we don't have the news about what further doubles might look like, is it actually worth playing this one a bit more conservatively um, and holding those points for maybe a hit the following week?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if if twenty six goes the way that we're thinking of, you, most players, unless they're using a chip, will be taking hits that game week. Yeah. So this one, as far as Leeds and Southampton go, they're, they're very unpredictable. Um, you know, they can frustrate as well as you know give a lot of joy. <laughs> but you know, you'd probably just be using your your one free transfer on one of yeah. these players this week. You could stretch it out to a minus four, take the hit. Um, there's there's definitely that option there, but I wouldn't go more than than at least one hit because you're really then banking on a lot of returns coming in just one game to make that yeah. up. And, you know, that's, that's a, you're looking at at least a, a goal <laughs> to yeah. come through from one of your players there if, if you're taking an extra hit to, to get them in. So I think if you're sort of sitting at around two or three players for, for these double fixtures over the lead Southampton teams, I think you're in a pretty good position heading into yeah. 25 and then 26.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree with you to be honest. I think, there are some game weeks where you look at it and think, yeah, hit is worth it because these are players that, and potentially if Southampton were in good form, a hit might be worth it for one of their players yeah. right now, given that what we may see of them in the next few weeks. But at the moment with the way that they've been playing, I think you can, and there is enough other decent fixtures out there and, def, and decent form from players with good fixtures that I think you can, you can survive this week with the single game. And, and Martin has shown us last weekend that, the single game week players, there's always one or two that overperform yep. um, in terms of the double game week. Is. So I, I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, all right, then. So what about a couple of players then uh, from the single game week teams? Is there anyone out, out there that you think they are an absolute must-have for this week?
1: Leicester City this season just really continue their charts. They've been really impressive. Yep. And a lot of managers out there had James Justin. And it no, yeah, was so sad to see his season ended and you know he was looking so good too such a great option there I had him earlier on in the season and then stupidly took him out but that's another story for another day but (laughs) I'm looking at Ricardo Pereira he's a little bit more pricey but he's sitting at 5.9 million only 0.4 percent ownership and we know now that he's not going to be rotated with James Justin there's no threat there of him losing his spot um he he's being rested for the Europa League match um tomorrow so we know he's definitely going to be right for the weekend and if ricardo pereira can recapture the form that we've seen from him for the last few seasons it's a it's a no brainer it's just a matter of when do you start getting these Leicester assets into your side? Because a lot of managers will have, you know, Vardy, Barnes, Madison, but Mm. if they're really looking for that defensive Leicester asset, I think Pereira could be, you know, an absolute steal and and yeah, offer amazing differential potential before the crowd sort of, get onto that and get him in. Sometimes you need to take the risk of getting the player in or the point star coming just to sort of get ahead of the curve. And he, I mean, it's sort of a, a bit of a blessing, his his timing, his return with, with James Justin going out, even though there's a bit of a a price difference there how do you how do you feel about Pereira
0: yeah so I I had James Justin until mm. Friday um, and then when the confirmation arrived that obviously it was an ACL injury and I, I felt gutted for him because I genuinely think that he was in contention to be part of the England conversation for the Euros this year he was playing that well absolutely um and so I you know I'm I'm looking now at a team where I have no Leicester assets because James Justin was was happily covering me because, to be honest, he was getting clean sheets, he was getting attacking returns. I never really felt the need. Like, I've always thought that Madison looks like a good option. I like Harvey Barnes. I'm not sold on Vardy because I think if you're going up to premium prices, you just go Kane, particularly with the way the Spurs yeah. fixtures are. Um, but I do like the midfield options. And, and as you say, I do like the defence. They've been really good. Um, and you look at the fixtures, they have um, a tricky game against us. Villa in game week 25 but then after that they have an Arsenal side that aren't keeping clean sheets so there's definitely potential there for attacking returns then they have Brighton again we've talked about that on paper that's a nice fixture but in reality what do we think might happen there it's a tough one to call Um, but could there be some some defensive points there potentially Uh, then it's Sheffield United then a tough game against Man City then West Ham, Westbourne, Palace um, and Southampton so the fixtures are a little bit up and down. I think it's a case of picking the right one at the right moment. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I think I'm keeping a close eye to see how they play defensively without James Justin because for the first 70 minutes of the game in, in Game Week 24 against Liverpool, I thought that Liverpool dominated uh, yep. and Leicester were... They were just a bit lacking they missed they Justin a lot I thought um and then they scored Liverpool made a couple <laughs> of stupid mistakes um and and Leicester did what Leicester do and, and they just took control of the game and they were really impressive for that last sort of 20-25 minutes or so um so their team that I'm definitely watching and, and waiting to see what happens with them in terms of fixtures and in terms of how that team continues to play without without Justin. And I I think ahead of ahead of this game against Aston Villa, knowing the form that Martinez is in at the moment, they are a team that I'm watching through game week 25. I'm going to see how that game pans out and we'll watch it with close interest as to which players I'm going to kind of bring in. Um, but I think Leicester are a really, really good pick. They are more than just in the conversation for, for the Champions yeah. League this year. Um, now we saw that last year. We, we saw from them last season um, that they they got themselves into that position and then they just fell apart towards the end of the season. And it was actually quite sad to see in some ways that the, the, the yeah. demise of Leicester towards the end of the season. They just
1: couldn't arrest that slump once it set in.
0: No, and that was the problem. They got into that slightly tired, lethargic um, period. They just never recovered from it towards the end. Where other clubs... Picked up, um, particularly through Project Restart, Leicester just never really, they just never really got going. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens with them this season. I, I don't think that will happen. I think that they are in a, they've learned a lot on what happened last season. It's just how much this injury to Justin affects them because I think he was, a lot of what was good about Leicester was coming through him. At some point, as it made its way up the field, and yeah. plus he was just there; he was controlling everything. So, without him, let's just see how that happens. Um, but another team that I'm kind of looking at, thinking, you know, are they <laughs> are they in the captaincy conversation? And I think this will lead us into who we, who are you going to captain this week? Is it? There's some there's some nice teams out there. So we've got um, a really nice match for for. Um, Bruno Fernandes and Manchester United. Tubbs would like me saying that against Newcastle. (laughs) Um, And and even I think you could throw Luke Shaw into that conversation without without Callum Wilson in that Newcastle team. They've lost a lot of their potency. So there's one there. Um, Plus, we've got a a revitalised Fulham side. Um, Now, if you bought into the Fulham assets ahead of this double game week, You've done very well. they have like done very back. well. <laughs> yeah, and, and they play in game week 29. Um, so depending on your strategy, they're looking great. Um, and they have really turned a corner. Plus, I think Burnley, interestingly, have got a really nice game against West Brom um, this weekend. Now, I am a Nick Pope owner, as I mentioned already, uh, without Ben Mee and without Eric Pieces. They weren't so good defensively tonight. And I sort of expected that. As soon as it came out that Benby couldn't play as a result of what happened in the weekend's match, um, that worried me as a Nick Pope. Yeah. You now, I obviously have two goalkeepers right now. I have um, McCarthy, who um, has a double game week that we've already mentioned, but it's two difficult fixtures against two sides that I don't expect him to keep a clean sheet in. Um, and then Nick Pope, who I would expect to keep a clean sheet against West Brom, but I don't know if I can play him because yeah. if Ben Mee's not there, it now I feel ridiculous if I bench a double game week player and then he, he returns. And I was looking at my bench boost chip for this week, and I'll talk about that in a minute. That may still happen. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting decisions to be made out there right um, at the moment. So there's going to be a lot of managers with um, Pope and Martinez. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a decision to be had there because Martinez has the better form, but Pope has the better fixture. What do you do? So there's going to be a lot of benching headaches this week, I think.
1: Um, yeah, and when it comes to
0: captaincy, I suspect that we are going to see an incredibly high number of captain's armbands placed on Bamford. Is that what yeah. you are planning to do?
1: I'm, I'm expecting the same. I'm expecting a lot of captains on Patrick Bamford because people just get double game week. those tunnel vision of of double gaming but I mean looking at the fixtures alone the Man United Newcastle one is the one that stands out and considering Bruno's form since he joined United it's it's hard not to see him getting any return at all in this fixture and um, I think it'll, it'll really depend on how you how Man United go in the Europa League tomorrow? So I'll be keeping a keen eye on that side. I know Cavani's been ruled out now for that game. There's going to be no Pogba, um, so is it, it's going to be interesting to see if if Bruno starts or if he just makes a bit of a cameo? We'll have to wait and see. But if if he comes through that game unscathed, I think I'm going to be sticking the armband on him because that one fixture alone just seems a bit better than. You know, the double leads fixture and and even the, I mean, Southampton, they've got the double on paper, but it's really just the one fixture you're looking at there. But, yes, yeah, as far as Burnley goes, Dice mentioned that he they're expecting Ben Mee to be back. For I this game, so. it's sort of, yeah, it's on that verge of the six-day, six, uh, six day, seven-day concussion yeah. protocol. Um, if he's not, he's probably just going to be sitting on the bench playing looky-likes with Sean Dyche as they <laughs> pick people out <laughs> from the West Brom team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be, that's on paper, that looks like an easy game, but we, we saw West Brom, the way they played against Man United the other day, and with Dejan. Yeah, exactly. So with Dejan up front, they're just going to be, Dion should have finished with a hat trick against a Man United, and yeah. was very unlucky to only come away with one goal. But I mean, they're going to be playing um, textbooks, big sam football, getting that they the are. ball in the mix. Dion's going to be trying to get on the on the end of that, so that's going to be a really tough game. And I mean, if we knew for, for sure that Ben Meat was back, I'd probably yeah. go with Pope in goals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's a tough one there. But yeah, as far as captaincy goes, for me. I'd go with Bruno or even a cheeky punt on Harry Kane because he just loves playing. Um, he loves playing West Ham, two goals, one assist the last time they played earlier on in the season. And I think he's got four goals in his last three against them. So you know what, sometimes... I'm enjoying this
0: conversation, Pete. It's nice <laughs> to have someone come on and share my love with Harry Kane. Um, I
1: think
0: for me, it's an, the, the captaincy decision is interesting this weekend. it's, it's very similar to the captaincy decision I had to make last week. So last week, um, I'm, I'm very superstitious when it comes to FPL and I won't make a transfer on the day of, of the deadline. So I have to make all my decisions the night before a Saturday, yeah. um, a Saturday deadline. So um, on Friday evening, Lee said to me, who are you the captain this week? And I said, I'm going to go Gunduan." And he said, why? And I said, because... And I was very torn. Up until that... Up until Friday, it was very torn. It was either going to be Gunduan or it was going to be Bruno. And I was backwards and forwards between the two. And in the end, I... I my head was like, what will you regret more? Will you regret more captaining the informed player in the league, arguably, um, in a double game week? But, like, Is that going to be a bigger regret if he blanks than if you captain Bruno, who are with a Manchester United side that are a bit up and down at times and yeah. they are not always the most consistent, although they have been a lot more consistent of late, um, but he's in a single game week. And I thought... If, if Gundogan blanks, then I won't regret captaining him because exactly. it's a double it's game. It's a smart decision. Player. And so it was, the, it, yeah, it felt like the smart decision. So I kind of look at this week in the same way. Bruno has, again, got a really, really nice fixture. Will I regret captaining him? No, absolutely I wouldn't. But would I regret not captaining Bamford, who is in good form most of the time? Well, Leeds are in good form anyway. Whether Bamford has the form is a bit debatable because actually it's Rafina that's the informed player, but I don't yeah. um Will I regret, if I captain Bamford in a double game where the fixtures look nice, they look like there's going to be returns for him across those two games, what will I regret more? And I know the answer will be, I'll regret not captain Bamford more because at 78 or 58% owned or whatever it is, he is going to be incredibly highly captained this week. Um, And it will be a huge red arrow if I don't. Now, Bruno will be highly captained, as he was this game week, but it won't hurt as much um, not having captained him. And I I think for me, sometimes there are captaincy decisions that are worth the risk, um, and I'll take them happily. But at this point, when I've got a player that... Is, is playing in a really nice double game week and his ownership is as high as it is i think i'll end up following following the, the rest of it, the community <laughs> and i'll probably give bamford bamford my bands um can we I, was to gonna,
1: I was gonna i was gonna chime in too we also know that patrick bamford's going to be captaining himself in fpl yes, as well yes he will <laughs> of course he will
0: so does that add an incentive there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He wants to win his own mini leagues, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he talked
1: about uh, he talked about also how he didn't have Rafinha in his side yet, so maybe he might be bringing him in too and looking for that that sort of one two partnership. But yeah, it's always great when you hear actual players talk about fantasy football. I still get a bit of a buzz out of that. But, yeah, um, it's good,
0: isn't it? Yeah, I, I just yeah. wish that, but I wish that Bamford had told us before the game that he was going to catch him himself <laughs> um but yeah i think uh yeah it does it adds a whole nother dimension to the game transfers this week how many have you got and what are you going to do
1: Yep. So I've got the the one free transfer up my sleeve, but I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm definitely looking at the wildcard option. So my my strategy was, I'm I'm sort of hovering around the 350k mark at the moment, the template's pretty set. So unless you get a stellar score at this stage of the game, it's really hard to make rank. Um, I've sort of had a really good climb, but I've sort of come a bit unstuck. And and I haven't been getting poor returns. I've been getting some really good numbers each week, but it's just not enough to to get a decent, decent climb in the ranks. So my thinking was wildcard this week because that allowed me in 24 to sort of target that game week I ended up burning some transfers on James Rodriguez and Cavani which both did not work out because James I don't know if he's come off the bench yet but he definitely um, hasn't done anything this game week but and then that allows me to get in the the Southampton Leeds assets for this game week Mm -hmm. and also build my team for for 26 and it was trying to get ahead of the one template moving to the next template, and a few of those. That aspect was Harry Kane trying to get Harry yeah. Kane into my side. I had three Villa assets, but they're the wrong three Villa assets. So trying to to manage that, and just a few of the side trimmings on my side too. So yeah. I definitely will be if if once game week twenty six is confirmed, I will be wildcarding. But if it hasn't been, I'll I won't take the risk. I'll just probably just make one, maybe two transfers and get in Rafinha at least, and maybe Danny Ings. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. What about yourself?
0: Interesting. So I have two free transfers going into this week. Um one of them I'm waiting for news on Carl Walker Peters. Um if that arrives, um, which is I'm expecting it to to come that he can't play. Um and then I think I'm just going to go to Lewis Dunk. Um Feels a little bit rogue because he doesn't have a double game week this week, but he, yeah. you know, the fixtures are really nice. Um, I don't have a free hitch for twenty nine, so the more players that I can have available to me for game week twenty nine, um, seems like a, a good idea and a, a good thing to do. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to go um, walk Peters to to Dunk, and then um, I am going to bring back Harry Kane this week. Um, <laughs> I've missed him. Greatly. Um, And my intention was always, and still is, to triple captain him in game week 26, if Spurs get the double game week that I'm anticipating and expecting that they do. And I want to miss the price rises that will inevitably come at the beginning of game week 26. Uh, when people look at the fixtures and go, or whenever we get the fixtures for 26. And the reality is that if Spurs don't have a double game week in 26, I still want to have Harry Kane back in my team. So um, I think that's what I'm going to do this week. The question is, do I do it for Dominic Calvert-Lewin or do I do it for Antonio? Um, there are pros and cons to both. Yeah. Financially, doing it for Dominic Calvert-Lewin makes a lot more sense. Um, doing it for Antonio... It, it, it's a struggle I need to think about other transfers I don't think I've got quite enough to make that work um as a transfer in its own right yeah. um and my intention was always to only own Dominic Calvert-Lewin for these few weeks Harry Kane got injured it's like well I'm going to Calvert-Lewin then for the doubles and you know that's where we are um and then I get back off Dominic Calvert-Lewin and onto Kane for the Spurs doubles um the interesting kind of conundrum for me right now is that um Dominic lewin is going to drop in price tonight. Obviously, Spurs have an FA uh, have a Europa League game tomorrow. I don't really want to make that transfer, yeah, tomorrow. Just it's just you know, tempting fate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably gonna take the, the Dominic price point drop. Um, yeah, I can afford to take one drop, so I'll, I'll just wait it out, I think, and, and make that decision. on thursday evening once spurs have played but i think those will be my two transfers this week i think it'll be lewis dunk and it will be uh harry kane unless of course we get some miracle that that car peters is gonna is actually gonna play um yeah and then that yeah. will stay and I'll, I'll do something different instead okay that's it for us then on this week's scout the game week i will be back next week with another episode where i'll be joined by oscar who's from fpl gents we'll look back at double Game Week 25 Take that knowledge to look ahead to, well, I nearly said to double game week 26. To game week 26, potentially double game week 26. Who knows what game week 26 is going to look like, but we'll be looking ahead to it next week.